0: Okay, we got the recording on. Um Second. I'm I'm gonna give a little intro here. Uh if 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 you'll allow that. Uh That's welcome to the mediocre on. foiling podcast. Uh I'm Nick. Uh and I'm I'm hosting it solo today, Matt. Uh Matt's uh he's out for a minute. Um I don't know, he's just not feeling the, the podcasting right now, so we'll give him a little break. Um and is, I'm, uh... I'm i'm joined today by drew how's it going drew yeah
1: drew drew's on the other line and uh i tried to to guilt and slash bully matt into reviving the podcast but he just wasn't having it and uh he it was funny he had a funny comment he's like man i haven't been foiling much and uh my knees hurt so i'm really not a good person to talk to talk about it so good for him for being authentic
0: yeah that's good you know i don't know so so sometimes you gotta back off um and, you know, I don't know, it, it's honestly got me thinking, and um, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there to anybody listening. Um, we're, we're opening up the podcast, right? Uh, it, it's, it's not just me and Matt and whoever we want to have on. Anybody can host a podcast. So uh, for those of you listening in other places, I don't know, if you're feeling especially mediocre and you want to have some mediocre foiling conversation, <laughs> um, record it. And, like, do something. I don't know. Like, I think our next podcast is going to be hosted by Chris. Chris has been on a couple times. Um yeah. and, and Chris is going to get on with our buddy Walt in, um, in Puerto Rico, maybe. I don't know. I think that's where he is. I think he's in Puerto Rico. Yeah. Uh, he's been doing some downwinding. And I don't give a shit about downwinding. So I'm going to let Chris run with that one.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, and I've got a couple, you know. So, Nick, you're in South Carolina right now. Where are you,
0: I, i'm in my car it's it's, it's raining as cold as windy well it's cold by my standards it's like 45 maybe but like it's cold and raining and gross um i've been building my wife a deck a screened in porch for the last couple of weeks and if it's raining i have to take the day off obviously so
1: there's there's something remarkably cathartic about building a screened in porch building a deck remodeling a bathroom.
0: It's nice. I, I,
1: it's nice because, like, you wake up, you're like, "All right, I'm going to grind on this today, get as much done as I can, try to only go to Home Depot once." The only problem I have with it is it keeps me up at night because, like, I just did a a couple years ago. I I put a like a big um what do you call it like roof on my deck, like an open air roof. Yeah, and it's you know it's twelve by eighteen, so it's not big, but it's not it's not teeny either. And it's adding on to an existing deck. So I'm laying in bed, just thinking, how am I going to do this joint? How am I going to do that joint? So, anyway, but that that ties into foiling too, because
0: that'll I mean, keep you
1: up at night, also.
0: Yeah, I mean, like I don't, I don't know, like I I have, I have a weird history with like foiling and like building shit. Um, you know, because like when I started foiling, like I like we have to make our own shit right um and i still have to make my own boards because production boards aren't really up to my uh level of fatness <laughs> um so i gotta I, I gotta build my own board so yeah like foiling is building and building stuff and like trying stuff out and for sure for sure uh, <clears throat> and constructing things so yeah it is a lot like foiling. you can you can even see some construction behind me here I don't know. I'm, I'm, I don't post video of these, so those listening can't see this. But Drew, you can see, you can see his, his, his tail wing there. Oh, oh yeah, I see that. That that that's a home built tail. Oh, um, not built by me actually. Built oh, wow. built, built built by another mediocre foiler, uh, Marty, who's up in I think he's in like Vancouver somewhere. Uh, he's in Canada. Vancouver. I know that.
1: Oh, Vancouver, BC.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um and and he's super cool and he and I like send each other wings and stuff. Um and and yeah, he 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 made this. It's like a clone of an omen tail. So okay. I'm, I'm, I'm I'm it's been super fun. I'm really enjoying yeah. it.
1: Well, speaking of that, so so Nixon, South Carolina, I'm in Portland, Oregon. So we got a little east coast, west coast action today. And speaking of guests, I mean there's a couple really good, good guests in my area that would be fun to have on um, and when you talk about manufacturing jim Stringfellow, who is pretty well known all over the country um but he's kind of the maestro of foiling mostly kite foiling and wing foiling here in the gorge area yeah but um that guy he is a wealth of knowledge
0: yeah, I mean, I, I in, in my early days of like making my own foils and stuff, it, it was mostly just like scouring the Internet pictures of stuff he had done. Try to replicate it based on those pictures. Uh-huh. You know, if I really need something like like work to get a hold of them and like, get that special custom part I need to like make the thing happen. Yeah, um, but he's like so, a,
1: I'm, I'm not exactly sure what his day job is, but I think he does like um, prototyping prototype manufacturing like like machine shop stuff so he's like fully set up to do whatever
0: yeah it's you know there's a ton of like cool manufacturing up there right and it's all a prototyping manufacturing aluminum and composites like industry up there like all the people like like spun off from boeing like in some way shape or form right right Um, yeah i
1: mean and they i think jim's a pretty independent like machine shop you know tooling manufacturer type thing
0: yeah but yeah like, yeah yeah but like it's a center for that right like like even if even if somebody isn't affiliated with boeing in any way like like it is a geographic location that has lots of like prototyping machining yeah precision manufacturing because boeing's there so like there's yeah. other similar work there and well, like in the portland, aerospace thing
1: in, in portland we have intel as well oh yeah a lot of those guys are super into that type of stuff
0: that's pretty so, cool. um,
1: question for you like what kind of foiling are you up to right now
0: uh, so you know i don't know i always i always end up here um i'm not like the happiest foiler right now if i'm being honest <laughs> um I, I always end up here like every couple of years um like i i i get to the point where like i'm not happy with whatever foil i'm on and i start dicking with it i always end up like between foils or like trying new foils or like buying new foils in the or middle Before
1: you end up you end up back on the go fast i mean the
0: uh the go foil no i'm not well I, yeah i ended up back on the go like i was I, I was i was trying to do the right thing and do my dicking around with foils during the summer when like the conditions are consistent right and i and i'm in board shorts so like i was right. great like learning how to ride a new foil like setup i was trying to do all that then but like i i switched to like this go foil setup that i hated and like then i got stuck switching back in winter right so like now i'm trying to learn this new foil in the winter and i'm always i don't know like we're all like what is it so i ended up getting the unifoil progression 140 it's a great it's a great foil I, i don't know it's I don't know if it's great. It's it's a fine foil. I don't uh-huh. know. For, for those listening, you know, there's like a ton of hype around this foil. It's like the most hype foil on the planet. Yeah. Um. And I hadn't ridden it before I bought it, which kind of a mistake. Um. But whatever. I'm kind of stuck with it. I, I was I was like I hated the go foil. I was trying stuff, and it was between the AFS and this. And I rode the AFS. The AFS like ten fifty. What's Sulk the AS stand for? Alien Foil System. They're French, oh, so you give them a pass. Okay. okay. Uh, um, and it's just it's a phenomenal riding foil. It's like the best foil I've ever ridden. It was amazing. But you know, and and but I, I had some issues with the build quality. Um, you know, I, I don't know. It's that's it's a common like, theme with you, Nick. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I'm really hard on foils, so like I got to be really confident in the thing. I mean and I totally trust like Benoit with AFS. Like he like came and let us he showed up here and like let me demo it like in person. Like super cool guy. AFS super cool doing the best shit. Um but like like it's really like a handmade product, right? Mm, mm-hmm. It's like it's like like low it's, production, it's, it's, like volume. It's the low production volume, like handmade in France. Oh wow. Um it's like very much this like bespoke feeling custom thing. And all right, it's it's just it seemed just a little fragile for me. And I'm I'm sure that I'm sure I would have like cracked it and they would have stood behind it and like sent me new ones and stuff, but like I didn't I didn't want to go through like the like like the rigmarole of that. So basically
1: it was an amazing foil and you would have considered buying it, but you're afraid you're going to break it.
0: Well, yeah, I'm afraid I'm going to break it and just like, and then have to deal with like the logistical back and forth for like getting it repaired, getting it fixed. And it's just like, it was just a little too bespoke, a little too like custom handmade. Whereas like the Unifoil is like a fucking iPhone, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like a bona fide consumer product. It's like, except it's hopefully
1: not except hopefully not
0: built by slaves i mean hopefully not but like 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 the iphone it's like it's like a precision like 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 they all come off the line they're all exactly the same they're all overbuilt it's just like it's like a nice clean product um and like i don't know that's where i am i'm like this is i want i want my foiling to be like a boring consumer product yeah so I don't want it to. I don't want to be like a custom hand shaped surfboard.
1: Right, right. And are you using the um, unifoil fuselage and tail and mast and all that, or do you have a Frankenstein
0: like usual? Yeah. Well, so I I got like the whole unifoil setup um, because like like having put my hands on like the unifoil katana mast before on the beach, like like putting my hands on Buddy's rigs, it was uh-huh. super stiff, no movement. I was super happy with how it felt before I bought it. Um and it's been like stiff and amazing. It feels really good. Like the build quality's great. The connections are like precise and stiff and it doesn't move, which is great. Um and Didn't they, didn't they recently update their mass to make it super stiff? He, well, so it's this new progression mass and I think it's a little stiffer, but honestly like the prior mass the katana was great. Um, I'd be totally happy with that in terms of this, this mass, the progression mass, I'm not super happy with it. If I'm being honest, I mm-hmm. wish I'd gotten the regular Katana because the Katana comes in 75 centimeters <laughs> and this thing comes in 80. So, uh, so I've got like a little bit longer mass than I want. And, and what's, that,
1: what's that in inches? So the 80 is like 32 or something.
0: The 80 is, it's like, I think it's like 31 and a half is 80. Yeah. That's too and, much. And and this and the seventy five is twenty nine. They're like they're very close. They might as well be the same thing, but like they're not. And and for me at my weight, right, the one forty front wing is a, it's a little small. It's like a well, like, hair small. A lot of my buddies here on the West
1: Coast have transitioned to the to the unif to the progression setup. And the 140 and the 170 are kind of the two that everyone buys. And the 140, this is just what I'm hearing from my friends. Yeah. You know, the 140 is for the days that have a little more interval, have a little more size. And the 170 is phenomenal for the smaller days, um, all things considered.
0: Yeah. I, I, I've i been able to make the 140 work pretty much in all conditions. Um, but yeah, I, sh- I, I, I should be on the 170, I feel like. Yeah. Um, and it's with like my
1: rudimentary knowledge of those foils that's what i think you should be on in those conditions
0: well but like see like i see i feel like i could have gone with see i feel like i'd be okay with a shorter mast on the 140 though because like i've i've done like back to back mast mast length testing before and having a a shorter mast like like the deeper you go in the water column the farther away from the wave energy right. the foil is right, right. so like the, those two inches make a big difference in how much like power you perceive from the wave on takeoff
1: especially when the waves are smaller too
0: yeah um so it being like two inches closer to the power would make a big difference i think so i don't know i'm gonna try to do some back and forth testing on a 75 i mean like like i, I this is the new hotness so like i'm sure i could like trade somebody for 75 easy right 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 so but like but like i also have the setup for winging and like do i want to wing are, the, are you the using bigger the one for the wing as well yeah I'm, I'm I'm using that for everything it's my only setup oh right wow now. that's yeah. awesome that's all i got I mean, it's been really fun um so what, what yeah. like,
1: what's going on in your season right now? Are you able to get out much?
0: Well, so like that's like the other thing that makes it like a shitty like like besides being in a wetsuit, why it's a shitty time of year to try new foils is like we have we have like good waves this time of year, but it's like really inconsistent, right? Yeah. So like it'll be nothing, or it'll be like 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 today is like like chest high, like washing machine yeah So like it's just like like big and annoying and like cold and wet and like inconsistent conditions and like it's really hard to like get on a foil in those conditions and like and understand what you're feeling like am i feeling this thing because the foil or am i feeling it because these weird inconsistent conditions um and like we just haven't had like those like conditions to like dial something and where I can like ride like you know like for like 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 2 or 3 days like ride a foil and like make adjustments and right right play with it so
1: well you yeah. got me beat you got me beat i was looking back at my my log of surf sessions and i haven't actually put a foil on a board and gotten in the water doing that since november 15th jesus but it's
0: fucking cold there though like you have an excuse right it's not
1: the it's not the temperature here it's the it's just the waves because it just gets so big you know like yeah actually yesterday i kind of i don't even this time of year i just skimmed the forecast i'm like oh 10 feet at 15 seconds eight feet at 10 seconds 20 feet at eight at you know 15 seconds it's so big and stormy that I don't even think about it. And there's no places that are, I mean, there are some spots that are like novelty spots that have some protection where maybe yeah. you could get a day, like there's a spot under the Uquina Bay Bridge in Newport that um, Rob Russo has told me that he's foiled before. And it's like when it's when the swell direction's right, the wind's right, when it's like, you know, 18 feet at whatever seconds, there's a small little waist high wave that makes its way in there um, that, you know, guys longboard on and stuff. But there's really, and there's some other spots that maybe, and um, a buddy of mine last week, he said he went out on a day that was like probably a one or two foot overhead day and just stayed on the inside because there was like a little, like, um, you could catch the whitewater and then it would just kind of mush out into nothing. Yeah. So he was out for hours doing that. And like, I've always thought about that, but like, I get scared because like at the spot in particular that he was at, there was a really bad rip. Right along the rocks, and and usually, like when you're surfing, you can just ride that rip out, and it's great. um But like when, and and the waves don't really, it will kind of like just mush in there; doesn't really break. So you can make it out with dry hair, but then you're out there, and it's two foot overhead with a foil on the bottom, and the only way in is to catch a wave. Yeah. So like, I'm just like, I got two kids, man. I can't afford to. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't want to die
1: out there. He's got two kids too, though. But um, uh. So that's it's an option, but there's just there aren't that many options of what to do. And um, I, I went to Mexico on a surf trip in December, and I always bring you know kite and foil gear as well. But the waves are so good, I just surf the whole time. Yeah. So I, I never even took my shit out of the bag. Hmm. Um, which was you know I would have liked to a foil, but it was like the wave the, the waves, waves were crazy. Was, so Why would you? It was, yeah, it was like you know just surfing warm water you know head high clean peeling waves on a conventional surfboard is pretty damn fun too so
0: okay so here's my question do you know any rich people who could like buy a jet ski (laughs) because like it sounds like y'all should be towing well no so um we there
1: there is uh yes we have um in my friend group there are a couple of skis and um so a couple guys own one um, I have a there's a couple other people that i I don't really have direct contact with them a little further south and have some skis that come up north to our spot up here. so I've been out toe foiling exactly once so far, and um, yeah, that's a whole different adventure
0: I mean yeah, it's... So, so
1: there's a there is a spot that we have that um, can handle some swell. You can get out to it without going through the shore break. And um, the day I was there, it was pretty small and we only, uh, long story short, we only each got a couple of waves because of the conditions, because of the setup that we had, but that is a, that's a whole nother world. Um, And I know that some, some of my, my crew up here have been doing that.
0: Yeah. Well, so like, I don't know, here, here's what I would say about it. Like, you know, like, obviously like a younger more cavalier like adventurously young person would like not not give a shit about this but like i don't know like i stopped spearfishing because i didn't trust the people i was spearfishing with like a hundred thousand percent right
1: you mean to like be your lifeguard to be your buddy
0: yeah to like yeah make sure i come home right and, and like And, like, I've said to people here, like, when, like, people here talk about, like, like getting a ski and getting into towing, like, like, we would need to take it more seriously. Like, like, everybody involved needs to, like, like, chip in and, like, fly in like an expert. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know who is, like, qualified to, like, like, instruct and, like, provide, like, instruction on, like. Like, being around the jet ski picking up somebody right. in the water the on the jet ski yeah. like like who is like a water safety expert like, like I forget his name um, Mark he Healy was...
1: like Mark Healy you could have him flying from Hawaii you probably have to pay him like 12 thousand bucks or something to'll come and give you a four day course
0: yeah well and I, I forget his name he's been on the like the, the fancy foiling podcast I think he's <laughs> there's this guy in Florida he's a foiler. And a lifeguard, and he also does like lifeguard ship for the America's Cup. Oh wow! Okay. And like like chases or like chases around like fifty knot sailboats on a jet ski in case somebody falls off and gets cut in half. Right, foil. right, right. And like shit like that. And like I don't know. I feel like something like that might be cool to have on. Actually, um, you know what?
1: Um, there is um, there's a crew in Newport because in Newport there's a a big wave spot called Del Scott Reef. Yeah, um, it's pretty if you look up some videos on it, it's pretty amazing. Big wave. It breaks maybe a half mile offshore. So there's a reef out there. Uh, it's in Lincoln city. So it breaks pretty far offshore, you know, long interval wintertime swell, clean offshore winds are the days when those guys surf it. Um, they definitely tow it. They definitely paddle in, but to paddle in, you have to take a ski out because on those days it's so big. There's no way you can make it out with a a nine foot board. Um, and so there's a whole crew that's been based around towing that for 20 years now. And I think that they do some instruction. Um, I know at least several years ago, I know a good, a friend of mine, uh, your local legend, G man, John Gilman, um, he was tow foiling or toe surfing back then. Uh, God, I don't know, 10, 12 years ago. And there was a, an outfit that he got trained with that was out of newport or lincoln city so i think that that is a thing and i think that if you guys wanted to do that you could come out here and train yeah
0: i mean but but like that's what it would take for me like so like it's like it's like half the expenses like buying the ski half the expenses like the training yeah right like that's what i'd want in order to do it and like honestly like i have like similar like i don't know lesser but similar like sketch factors about like like the like way offshore downwinding right yeah. like yeah like like there's like not anybody who like i want to do that with we're like like every like everybody before we go like like what's the plan what exactly are we doing <laughs> right. He's right like Like, like everybody like sets up the cars and it's like car sent, let's go. Like we set up the cars, like that's it. Like get, get your shit in the water and go like, no, 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 no. Like what's the plan? How far out are we going? Where are we going? Like what's the buddy system for
1: for what it's worth on the tow, on the tow system. So, I mean, I've been on a jet ski a handful of times in my adult life and spending one afternoon on a ski in relatively small, relatively tame conditions. In cold water, you know, we're wearing five, four wetsuits and hoods and booties. Um, I felt, pre- and I was with somebody that he had been out say a dozen times in the past um, six months, but this was his first time as the captain. Um, so he was a little bit nervous. Like, yeah, I've done this a bunch of times now, but this is my first time where I'm the, the I'm the experienced one. So we had th- there was three of us on the ski, which I do not recommend. But it's a big yeah. ski. It's a big ski, um, but still, that's—I don't know that I would do that again. But in that in that afternoon, I felt by the time I was done, I felt pretty comfortable. And that is as the passenger, as the guy driving the ski, and the guy behind the rope. Um. So you know, like just the the basic operations of the ski. It's not that hard, and especially if you have got boating experience. And then also, too, knowing the lay of the land where you guys live, um, you could take it out on calm days where you launch out of folly in the, yeah. you know, the backwater and just come around through the inlet. You know, when it's two foot, you know, I don't think there's that many bad things that can happen as long as you have communications and things like that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't I don't think for, for what... For the conditions that you guys have, that you would be out in a lot, I don't think you need to, you know, make too big of a deal of coming out to the West Coast to do a training session.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, something to think about. Some yeah, good but feedback. I mean, if you, had someone, like if you that. had
1: someone locally, if you had someone locally that could take you out for a day, yeah. and you know, teach you how to not suck the rope up the, up the, um, water. Yes, intake, don't drive
0: good. over the rope.
1: <laughs> well, and just getting your getting your setup squared away. Like do you, even just things like oh how the fuck do we get this board and foil on the sled? How do we, you know, yeah. get it positioned so that we can go without having have someone hold on to it? How do you properly lay on the on the sled the the rescue sled on the back? Because like some of those things are it's just little tips, yeah, but it makes a big difference.
0: Yeah, um, it's it, it, it it's non trivial. Like it's like shit you got to figure out yeah um but yeah it, it's it's just a lot and just like i don't know like i don't i, I don't know you know i don't Do know if feel- i have time for that on the regular
1: yeah and if Where you're not doing
0: it on the regular like are you are you really safe
1: yeah yeah that's a good point and it definitely is a production i mean it's one thing to drive down to the beach put your your rig together put on your wetsuit and walk out in the water it's something completely different to meet early at a boat ramp and hopefully, you know, the guy running the show's got the, the, the thing fueled up and everything squared away. And then the cleanup afterwards, it's definitely, it's more of an affair. Yeah. But I tell you what, man, I have, after spent that was the first time when I was out in, I think it was October, it was my first time ever out on a ski in waves. And now given it was like shoulder high on the sets, it was not big. I have a whole new respect for all those water safety guys and guys that are even in like doing step offs, anything in waves that are actually breaking that actually have some size to it. Yeah. That's a, that is a brave affair. And like, even, um, the guys I was out, they were like, a little bit of instruction, like, okay, when you hit the white water or when you go to go over a wave, you've got to hit it pretty much exactly perpendicular. And I hit one wave that was like thigh high and I was off angle by 10 degrees and it almost, it almost dumped. Jesus. That's with like, you know, no, with no real size or power to it. So, yeah.
0: It's a heavy thing. I'm with you. It's a heavy thing. I'm with you. It's a heavy thing. Yeah. Jesus. Um, So
1: the, are you guys, when you're doing the like downwind, winging are you guys going off pretty far offshore and do you feel safer than you would like just downwinding on a board without a wing
0: well so like that's like like that's where I am like diverging from the crew and why I am like anti downwind here Mm. right because like like Chris and Matt and those guys like they're like they're like showing up to the wing spot on one end of the beach and like like pumping up getting on foil and like hightailing it like a mile a mile plus offshore and just like like and being out there because like that is where like they claim they're starting to get those like downwind like swell bumps like the
1: open ocean bumps
0: yeah yeah well because like our like you know like our coastline like 500 feet offshore it's 10 feet deep right like a mile (laughs) offshore it's Fifteen or twenty feet deep. Right, right? right. It's not like it gets deep very slowly. And like in the Continental Shelf where like it's like a hundred feet and drops off to a thousand feet. It's like twenty miles offshore. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's so, one like, thing that
1: differs out here. It's like when I go kiteboarding um at Manzanita, for instance, you know, you do a tack out a quarter mile, whatever, you go to turn around, you're a blue water. Yeah, you are in the ocean. You're in the ocean. I have no idea how deep it is, but it looks fucking deep. Yeah, exactly.
0: Right? But, like, here's none of that. So, like, you have to go, like, pretty far offshore for the swell to, like, change significantly. And they're going out there, and I just don't like it. Like, I I don't like it from, like, a safety standpoint. But, like, and also, like, I don't like doing that kind of winging. Right? Like... Yeah. Yeah, like I'm. I used to be a sailboat racer, so like I like going upwind, right? And I like, and I used to be a windsurfer, so like I like feeling power in the wing, and like right, like, like, like getting it like nice and vertical, and like powering up, and like, like pushing my back foot into the foil, and like yeah, transmitting. I I like that, right? So like I go to I go to the spot, and I like do little loops on like a little break, and just like kind of like pick one break apart very that's enough for you well it's it's enough for me but like like it if like i enjoy the shit where i'm going upwind right like like i do a lot of wave riding upwind too Where like i'll be like on the wave going upwind right flagged out like happy right and like i do this little upwind i can do the tacks and like the loops upwind and like i enjoy going upwind so much like like why would like, I? Why would you? Why would you do go downwind? Yeah. yeah, It's just like it's just like it's like adding like more logistics, more safety, like more stress for me. And like even when I go with those guys and like they're like sending it downwind like half mile offshore and like I got roped into this downwinder, right? Like. I'll be like on the inside, like riding like m- more <laughs> right. breaking waves, like on the inside, yeah. and like the whole time be like really nervous. Like, are those guys okay? Like, what are they doing yeah. out there? And like yeah. they'll like just thing where like they'll like take a break out of there and just like sit on their boards and like hang out. <laughs> that- and be like, oh god, are they okay? Do they need help? And then like I'll like like go out there and be like, are you guys okay? And they're like, they're we're like yeah, so we're fine, just we're taking a break. And I'm like, damn it, guys, I I rode all the way out here for nothing i know well matt was telling me about that he's like yeah we'll just kind
1: of sit down and take a break in these wild conditions and i'm just i in my head i'm like what do you why he's like yeah you could like bring a sandwich and like take a break like why would you want to do that
0: i don't know i don't know i
1: mean I'll, i'll i'll understand it someday but i'm still so novice at the wing so i um i maybe logged 10 sessions last year and i just started getting up on foil at the end of the season. And it really, it all came down to my equipment. I was on the wrong shit all year, um, and I finally, at the end of the season, picked up a good used board. That's I think a ninety-five liter that'll be perfect to transition onto. I finally got the the right front wing. I finally got the the right inflatable wing. So, but it's all like my wing, you know, hasn't been pumped up yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm 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 really stoked to hit it hard. And I was kind of—I've been sort of one foot in to winging for the last two years, and haven't really given it a go until I—I I heard the the podcast on the progression podcast. They were talking about they were debriefing after these guys spent um, several weeks or months in the gorge, and I'm like, yeah, hearing them talk about, it, I'm like, oh my god, that's like an hour from my front door.
0: Exactly. Go. I'm like, what
1: what am I doing? So. I need to I need to hit it hard so that I can I can get more into that this coming year.
0: I mean, dude, I really think that's a ticket for out there because, like, I mean, like, do you have winging conditions like at the beach? Well, so yes,
1: um, but the, again, same problem at the beach, even on a small day. So, if you have a day that's like three foot, um, which is a pretty small day here, you might be able to like wade yourself out to being close to being past the break but then when the wind comes up and then you've got a you know five foot side shore windswell um in the afternoon it's hard to get out so i've sat there at manzanita so manzanita is um it's probably the best point sailing spot on the north coast anyway because of the wind direction and also it just it's usually significantly windier there than anywhere else. Long story of why, but it is. Yeah. And, um, I've watched guys through the binox sitting in my truck, just get murdered trying to get out. dude. And, and I, I walked up to one guy cause I was kiting and I was like, I saw a guy coming out of the water and I'm like, how'd it go? He's like, well, you know, I put my foil through my first wing. So now I'm trying <laughs> this one. And, uh, he's like, I almost made it out, but it's just, it's impossible. It's it's really hard. I know that um, Rob, Jesus. And Chad, and that crew down in Lincoln City, they they get out um, more consistently, and I think that they might have a spot where there's maybe a little bit of a, a trough where they can get ahead of steam and and get out past the break. Um, but I think it's pretty challenging in the ocean here.
0: Dude, interesting geography is a bitch. Oh like, yeah, I, that that, I, that 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 that's my realization. Is like the more interesting your geography is. Like, it makes it hard. Like, our, <laughs> our geography here is boring. It's just, like, it's like miles of just, like, straight boring beach. And, like, yeah. it gets it just, like, it's shallow for miles. Like, like yeah. even, like, underwater, it's boring. Like, it takes, like, 20 miles for it to, like, drop off to 100 feet. Yeah. And just, like, it makes it, like, easy. Yeah. Um, no, we,
1: we've got a lot of, I think. I don't know. There might be a couple places where you could pull actually Pacific city. You, I've seen people on the cam anyway, maybe trying that. Cause there's like a big headland that comes out. So maybe there's less wave yeah. action. So it might be possible, but I think the gorge is the, is the easy option yeah. because you get like a short interval windswell. Um, that's just like a conveyor belt, you know?
0: Well, and, and like, correct me if I'm wrong, but like, it's consistent. Like you can plan it. Like you can be like, I am going to go to the gorge on Saturday and like spend the whole day there. So like, you know, like you can like plan a session like, like ahead of time. And it's well, not like very condition dependent.
1: Well, more so than, and you know what? It's hard to say. I, I mean, this is what's messed up is I've been kiteboarding for, I don't know, 17 years. And I haven't kited in the gorge in at least six or seven years wow! because like Hood River for instance is a total shit show it yeah. is a total shit show and there's other places that are better um, in the gorge like wind wise uh, but they're a little bit further away um, or like Stevenson is like the sketchy ass launch and I don't know that they get much swell there so anyway as like as a kiter I'm only interested in waves so I would much rather put my 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 efforts into going to the coast where there's actual yeah. surf. Yes. Um, so yeah, if you're, so if you're dialed in to the forecast, um, I'm sure it's really consistent, but I haven't done it in so many years that yeah. I'm so undialed into I mean, I have friends that go there all the time, so I could get dialed into it and it's like, yeah, you know if it's going to be windy or not. Um, and then as far as like the river swell goes, there's kind of a formula for, because you have opposed the opposing, the river current going uh, east to west, the wind going west to east, so you have the opposing forces that creates the river swell. So the river flow, which is dam controlled, has to be at a certain volume. Um, there, there's an optimal volume um, as compared to the wind speed to create the good swell. So yeah. there are places that are more consistent for winds, for the swell. So like Swell City, which is just down or just west of Hood River. You can actually tack up to there from the Sandbar Hood River. Um, and then there's Rufus, which is right below the John Day Dam. And um, so the current just rips through there. And, uh, and so does the wind. So there's places that are more consistent, but it is a little bit... It can be a little, as I understand it, can be a little bit fickle, um, and then two, you know, with winging, the the quality of the wind matters less, meaning that you can have wind that's gusty as hell and it's
0: doable. Yeah.
1: Whereas, like for kiteboarding, like the gorge is is gusty as all hell
0: well like like and with a wing you don't give as much of a shit about the launch you don't
1: yeah you don't give as much you don't
0: care about the launch because yeah and again in the gorge like
1: the, the launch at rufus it's like yeah it, it's it's kind of safe it's kind of okay but it's it it's not you're not standing on a beach you know yeah. um the launch at stevenson is i've only i've only cut it stevenson one time ever and it scared the crap out of me because the launch there is even more hardcore Um, The sandbar and the event site in Hood River are pretty mellow. The event site, it's kind of swirly, so you got to launch and get the hell out of there, plus it's crowded as hell. The sandbar is kind of the closest thing to a big beach, but I've had bad situations there too. So, yeah, launching and landing in the gorge can be gnarly. The wind is super gusty, um, like what you guys would call gusty in on your beach, I would call it adorable compared, yeah, to, yeah. compared to the gorge. Um, but yeah, on the wing, it doesn't matter as much. So, yeah. so dude, to your question, that sounds great. <laughs> you would love it, dude. Um, so to answer your question, is it consistent enough that you can plan and plan around it? I would say to a degree. Yes. Um, in the summertime. Cause that's like the fair weather West wind time. it's more, you can plan it better than you can at other times of the year. But like the direction gets weird too. There's all kinds of weird factors that happen with it.
0: Yeah. Um, sure.
1: Dude, what happened to your video?
0: Oh, my is, it, is my video on? I don't know. Yeah. Hold on, let me see. Uh, there we go. Hold on.
1: Okay. Yeah. Now I feel there like i Yeah. Um so one thing I wanted to talk about that was really cool that um so last time I was there was I think October of last year and, um, you helped me with some tuning stuff that was really cool on my prone setup. Um, because I've been, I've been messing with it because I transitioned from a, you know, my intermediate board to my more, so my five foot board to my four, eight board transitioned to that last year. And, you know, it took me a, a lot of sessions to, to get dialed in. And a big part of it was my equipment so i'm on the the lift um platform um mostly riding the 170 uh high aspect but i got the 150 surf which i use when it's bigger yeah um my my first chance this coming season i'm going to buy the 120 uh, cuz i'm realizing that even the even the 150 is too big for a lot of what we do here um and i do you,
0: do you want me to send you a 120
1: oh yeah I is mean, it my brother, is it my brother's old one? It, it's his old one, yeah. Hell yeah, dude,
0: I'll take it. I, I've, got to, I've got to figure out, I've got to try to detach it from the mast, which might <laughs> right? be a bitch. Like,
1: I heard you epoxied it in. Or something. Uh, yeah,
0: like, I epoxied it into the mast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I'll send it to you. It sounds like a great okay. idea. That'd be awesome.
1: Yeah. That'd be awesome. But anyway, so I, I had the, the original lift uh, tail wing which is just a static thing you can't you can't um, shim it or anything. Yeah. And that was really limiting my ability to transition to my new board because I couldn't like detune it. So I bought the what's it called foilparts.com. Yeah. I bought their lift uh, fuselage adapter which you can put any tail wing on. And then I got the unifoil 3 pack um, which had the i can't remember the names the silly names the shiv which the one do you
0: get the the 14 or the 13 i got the 14 because that's all they, that's, had. The, they were... that's the better one honestly oh it is okay, okay. Yeah. yeah i got the like, i got
1: the 14 because they were I, out of the 13
0: i got the 13 with mine and they're too thin like ah. like like they like flex like way too much i, I huh, think they like i think they designed it in carbon and just like like didn't adjust when they made them in fiberglass because they are the 13s at least at least in my way they are like too yeah. flexy because it's um, like the g10
1: material right is that what that's yeah. called
0: yeah yeah, yeah yeah so
1: i was... yeah, i got the i got the g10 and it was funny because i was texting with you right before i bought or before i was i was trying to figure out what to buy and you're like i'll oh, buy the three pack i'm like don't no, need a three pack plus i'm not gonna spend 500 bucks on tail wings and i was like i'll just check it out it was on sale for like 150 bucks
0: 150 bucks it's like i think
1: they were i think they were blowing them out because they they were transitioning to the carbon ones. Yeah. So anyway, I bought the the three, and I went with the one that is the um. I can't remember. It's the one that's the most mellow. Uh It's for the more back foot heavy. Something yeah. Like that. Or maybe it's the balance one. I can't remember. Um, and I I put it on, and I I, I put the I shimmed it kind of like detuned it. And uh, the first wave I stood up on, the nose was just diving. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? Like, this is crazy. And I was out with Rob Russo, who has the, he has the unifoil set up and he's got the same um, tail wing setup. And he flipped his board over and was showing it to me. And I was like, oh shit. I flipped my board over and I realized I had the entire tail upside down. <laughs> 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 because the, with that, that tail is de- is designed to bolt to the bottom of the fuselage. Yeah. Right? And the previous tail that I had, which was the Nash tail, which I ground the wingtips down and customize it, that goes on the top. So yeah, yeah. When I got the new ones, <laughs> I just put it right on the top, and I was like, what the hell?
0: No wonder it's um, not
1: working. <laughs> no wonder it's not working. So then I flipped it over, and then it worked just fine. Um, nice. Yeah. So, But anyway, so then I, I've been, you know, spent all last summer messing with my with my shims and all of that. And it's it's pretty wild how it varies from condition to condition. But this is one thing that I want to talk about. That, well, two things, really. One is that when, when I went online to figure out, like, okay, how do you properly shim a tail? Like, all the videos and everything that's out there gets, like, into these things. Like, well, if you're going to do a negative shim on the top, you want to blah, blah, blah or if you're doing positive shim but it's mounted on the bottom you do you know you use the blue one or the red one i'm just like this makes no sense to me at all and so basically in my mind is i distilled it down to tuning or detuning so when you're when you're tuning meaning you're you're trying to give your front wing more lift you're basically lowering the leading edge of the tail relative to the trailing edge And if you're detuning or trying to give your front wing less lift, then you're doing the opposite. You're raising the leading edge relative to the trailing edge. Right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it doesn't matter if that wing's mounted on the top or the bottom, as long as you know that the leading edge is either going higher or lower relative to the trailing edge. And um, that's all you really need to know.
0: Right. But like, and, and, but, but for me, like, like the questions I'm asking, right. are like, like, like you can increase the lift with the tail, right? Right. Right. You can decrease the lift of your setup using your tail. Right. But you can also increase and decrease the lift of your setup using mass placement. Right. Right. So, so if, if you are increasing the lift using the tail, Right. In decreasing the lift using mass placement, like netting those two things out, right? Right. What effect does that then have? Well, so
1: that was that was the other thing I want to talk about. So the reason why I was trying to detune my front I was trying to get less lift out of my front wing, I couldn't do it with the mass position because I already had it all the way in the back. Yeah. Because my new board, the the um the tracks are pretty far forward. Um, so I already had it all the way to the back so the only way I was able to to get the front wing to lift less was to change that whole setup and detune it so that it um, I was using the tail but then when I was there in October and you and I were talking about this um, what you said was to detune the shit out of the tail and then because then you have the front wing the back wing, um, working more together and then slide the mast forward to so like you're basically losing all your lift with the tail tuning and then gaining it back by moving the mast forward and i did that that one day that we were there out together and man i i'm telling you that and it was pretty small um i felt that foil kick into a gear that i've never felt before
0: one well, did 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 it feel like you could pump it better?
1: Well, that day, just I didn't get a chance to to really try, uh, just because of the conditions. Like the yeah. waves were so inconsistent. I only got like one or two waves. Um, I don't know if you remember that day. It was like the tide was dropping out. Yeah, I, I do remember. It was like it was it was not good, um, and so I didn't. It was it wasn't a great day. To get a lot, I didn't get a lot of pumping in that day to begin with. Um, but I remember, like the couple waves that I locked into, I felt the foil kick into a gear that I've never felt. And and then when I came back to the West Coast and I tried messing with it again, so again I'm in a, a bigger, bigger waves with a higher interval. I would have to re- redo the whole tuning again because yeah, it just doesn't translate as well. But I thought that was a really cool way to look at it.
0: Well, so it's like. The- that's what I've been doing, like, since I started foiling, right, is like I've been like, I don't know, I, I, I operate under the assumption that like every foil I've ever gotten on is like designed and tuned for somebody lighter than me. <laughs>
1: right, right, right.
0: Right, so like, I weigh like 220, right, I'm assuming that like these things are designed around a team rider who weighs like
1: 150.
0: One's, right, yeah. 150, 160, right? So, like, I I have to make this thing go faster, right? Yeah. Because, like, the front wing is going to stall out at a lower speed for me, right? So mm-hmm. I got to make it go faster, right? So I have to push this thing beyond this design speed range, mm-hmm. w- which means making it more efficient, right? Making, because, because we're putting this, I'm putting more power into it i need to make it more efficient in order to mm-hmm. get more speed into it um so i mean that's exactly what i do is i tune that rear wing so it's producing less downforce so mm-hmm. the front wings producing less up force um so so the two wings are more going in the same direction right right so like they're not fighting each other as much and um and, and the mass forward yeah, and slide the mast forward to compensate, and like, and and what what really made me like figure this out is like back in the day, like I built a setup from scratch around a like this sob foil like Moses front wing. I didn't like the front wing. Okay. I, didn't, I didn't keep yeah. it. but like, but like I I bought this front wing. I built a fuse for it. I bolted the fuse onto a mast. And like made this thing rideable, and like uh-huh. I threw I threw a rear wing on, like having no basis for what the angle should be like. Uh-huh. Like I I didn't know I didn't know at all. Like I bolted this rear wing on, and like I translated this feeling like oh, like you know like this is lifting a lot. I'm putting the mass back and it doesn't pump, right? So let's like sh- like throw every shim I have under it, like shim it three degrees mm-hmm. negative. Uh-huh. Right, so like 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 move that tail negative like d- right detune it yeah detune it right and like like get back on it and like 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 how does it feel well it's not making any lift now so move the mess forward and like oh wait i can pump better now right mm. i i've got i've got like better glide now right so like i went home that day and like cut that angle into the fuse Right, so like removing the need for shims, right? Like right, I, right, I right. like I I milled the fuse down, like it, yeah, yeah, to like match this angle that I'd gotten with shims, and like went back out and did it again, and like shimmed it, and like and like gave it another two like two or three degrees, right, right, and like I did that again and again and again over like three days of like really consistent surf to like arrive at like this like better feeling foil for me, yeah, and and for me it's like. Right, it, it it goes both ways. Like I chase this tuning in the beginning for the efficiency and the pump, and it ends up putting the mast in a really forward position, mm-hmm. which makes like the turning really like aggressive and twitchy. Right. But now I like that. Like I like that feeling turning. So like, like independent of like the efficiency aspect, I I now want my mast up there. Yeah. Right. So like I want that feeling and well, I... the turning. So like I have to yeah. do both now. So like that, I'm yeah. doing the same thing on uni right now, right? Like I have a thread on the progression forum, like asking like Cliffy for, um, some print files to print out a more negative shim than comes uh-huh. with the, the, uni, uh-huh. like, like he only has a negative 1.5 and I still so don't like have a negative
1: my, like two or three.
0: I want yeah, Well, I'm, I'm, I'm getting my buddy to design and print some now um so he's gonna do a negative two and a negative 2.5 and see how those uh-huh. feel yeah Be- because i'm still riding the mass like an inch and a half or two inches back from where i like it right right so like i want to get that mass in the right spot and and see how that feels and- well, and I- I'm-, I'm
1: excited i'm excited for this new season coming like my biggest problem that i have is getting to my feet I mean, this is everyone's problem. Getting to your feet and getting the foil engaged when you're ready. Yeah. You know, because that's what, just what happens here when you're in waves that are just, a, you know, a, have a little more power, a little more push. It's like you can't get to your feet quick enough um, before that nose is just coming up into your face. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm really excited to try the smaller front wing, the 120. And then take all this tuning stuff and apply it to it, and um, and be able to. I mean, it would be nice to be able to go out in bigger waves, not so much. Just because that's what we have. Yeah. It like opens up more days for me.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I'll get to work on this 120 that I've got. But yeah, like I, I don't know. I think I think winging too. That that 120 will be special. Well, my uh, yeah, I think
1: the 120. Everyone around here really likes it for winging.
0: Yeah, um, it's it's like I, I tell people like who are like trying to prone on it, like it's mostly a winging wing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, Matt made it look pretty damn easy. He did.
0: God, that was frustrating. He just like <laughs> he was just like get up on the like pump around, just like yeah. a good gliding yeah, he like, around. Yeah,
1: was, he was like it was too small for the 120, but I was too lazy to change it out, so I, I brought it out anyway. Yeah, it turned out pretty good. Um, yeah. Well my my front wing that I have for my uh foiling hopefully entering intermediate stage this spring is the 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 200. Yeah. Um which I know is way too much and I'll probably only get a dozen sessions out of it. But um having tried the 170 as a complete novice I learned that that was not working for me. It didn't work for you winging? No, but also too, like I had the wrong board, I had the wrong wing. Yeah, you know, there was conditions where I was like, it is definitely windy enough, and I'm definitely doing the right things, and it's just not working because I was, you know, I'm embarrassed to say that I bought an inflatable board, um, and that's what I was learning on, and uh, which I think will be great for travel, yeah, at some point, um, but it's like, yeah, you lose so much. Mat, like foil movement when you're trying to pump it, and get yes. it up on on foil. That it's like it just it doesn't work unless you really are good.
0: I, well, I mean, like, and I will say, like, even for me now, like, getting on foil on the wing. First off, it's still like it is still for me the most fucked thing I've ever experienced in water sports. Yeah, like it's it's like it's like the like it's great being on foil with a wing, but like yeah. getting the thing on foil. Like, I've, I've done every Nobody water sport there cool. is. It is, like, still the single most awful thing yeah. in water sports, getting that thing Nobody looks
1: out. cool doing No one looks
0: cool doing it. It sucks. And for me, like, I very much feel like when I'm getting on foil, like, the wing isn't doing anything. It's just, like, yeah. sitting there in my hands while I'm just, like, pumping my ass off with right. my legs. like yeah. like like Like, pumping this thing on foil. And it's almost like I get the thing on foil, and I'm like, oh, wait a second. It's on foil. I can sail. And I, guess, I just sheet yeah. in. And yeah. I sheet in. And I start, I start foil. I'm like, oh, this is easy now. This is great. Like, but like, is I'm just like different. sitting there like pumping up and down like, ah, ah yeah. Ah, wait, I'm up. I'm up. What do I do? What do I do? Just sheet in. Just stop. Yeah.
1: I'm excited for this year. Well, I think that's probably a pretty good place to stop, eh?
0: Yeah, man. Oh, dude. Dude, thank you. Thank you for calling me and, like, calling to, like, revive the – I haven't been – I don't know. I've been feeling middling about this, like, foil transition I'm in. So, like, I don't know. Like, getting on a call, being, like, stoked about some fucking foil. Like, fuck yeah. Hell yeah. Let's I'm go. here
1: for it. Well, I got a um, couple of complaints from – I got a couple of complaints from people that have gotten used to listening to, you know, a semi-every-other-week podcast over the last – yeah they're like, when, oh jesus your brother gonna put another podcast out well like, well, well here
0: we go we're back in and tell anybody uh, anybody who's listening like if you're upset about the frequency of, po- of the podcast go fuck yourself make your own fucking <laughs> podcast s- s- send it in right you can, can like send it in to me my email's is nick gmail at com, or like hit me up on the progression forum i'm too much epoxy on that forum i'm like the most notorious <laughs> member on that forum like people- are you really people fucking hate me i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) um, Um,
1: i've got a couple i've got a couple ideas for some really good guests that we could have on yeah let's do it um yes stringy would be good gmail would be good um tomo in maui she'd be really good and those are all i have all their numbers they'd be easy to get on
0: Fuck yeah let's do it man yeah
1: cool buddy um well uh technical matters so are you able to do all like the editing and stuff
0: uh, I think so. I'm gonna try. I'll I'll okay. I'll, I'll, I'll play. I don't know. I, I'll ask Matt what program he used, and I'll use okay. that because I tried to okay. do it with like like fucking like Apple Garage Band, and that did not yeah, work. Out. it did not work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was pretty. Well, rough. I would
1: I would have no idea what to use either. But um, uh, if you have any trouble, I'm happy to give it a go too.
0: Okay, I'll I'll, I'll play around with it. I, I've okay. got free time. I mean, I don't sure. have a real job, so I don't I don't have anything <laughs> else to do.
1: Well, I, I don't know if I told you like. Um, we probably should leave all this stuff out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, uh, Here, I'm going to stop recording. That's a good idea.
0: Just in case.